You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Matt Hayes, Brandon Beef from 97.1, the fan here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm. What is today's day? You know, is it Thursday, October 4th? This right here, Beam, is the best sporting month on the calendar. You cannot beat where we're at right now. Matty, you're living in it. Major League Baseball playoffs. The Lakers are coming back. You got soccer going on. And you got we, hockey. We got hockey starting Jackets tonight with the tonight. Blue Jackets. And wow. we brought on the perfect guy to talk about everything. And that's our, our guy, Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts.com. Pat, what's up, man? Oh, nothing. Just, uh, as you said, excited for, for kind of the, the start of things. We're in the middle of football season here. And, and the other league gearing up. Blue Jackets tonight. It's a... Uh, it's a good time to be in the sports world. No doubt about it. Before we get to the Buckeye stuff, because you do that stuff all day long. Look, Beam's a big soccer fan. I'm a huge NBA fan. I am a newborn Laker fan now that LeBron has taken his talents to the Staples Center. And I know that you're a big Laker fan. Just a real quick 30 seconds on how excited you're, you are about the Lakers, because I, I'm overly excited about what I think they can be this year. I'm very excited. I was uh, a little cautious at first. I was worried that when LeBron announced he was going to move out west, that they were going to mortgage kind of the future and get rid of some of these young guys that I really like, uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzman, those those guys, and, and try and bring in another star or something. So I'm happy that they didn't do that. I think that, well, obviously LeBron you know, brings you guys up in the standings quite a bit. The Golden State Warriors are still out there, and you know the Celtics are there. You know now healthy again and whatnot. And I don't know if necessarily this team is going to win something right away, but I do like the foundation that they have. I like that these guys are going to get to work with LeBron, and I'm I'm glad that the Lakers are going to be relevant again. Um, so I don't have to watch all those games on League Pass and can watch them nationally televised exactly. games this year. Patrick, uh, as you speak about the NBA, you're a multi-talented person, also write some stuff for the crew, uh, also a big Manchester United fan, so you're with me. So before we talk Buckeyes, let me pick your brain. Jose Mourinho, United, winless in their last four games. They just drew uh, in the Champions League in the second game of the group stage. What the hell is happening to the Red Devils right now? you got Jose Mourinho and Paul Pogba having spats at practice, ripping the captain's armband off. I mean, what's going on over there? Can I just pass on this one? I was feeling so good. We were talking about the Lakers and LeBron. I wish I could, buddy. No, yeah, no, uh, it's it's been tough. Um, I mean, it's really been tough, you know, based on the standard for the last few years. Obviously, they finished, for, for those who don't know, they finished second last year, but they were well behind Manchester City, which, as a Manchester United fan, that's that's one of the rivals over there. Oh, yeah. Team in town that has, you know, for the most part of the two teams' history, been kind of the, the little brother the Michigan State to Michigan type of thing. And now all of a sudden, you know, these last several years, City's been been very good, and United have had to kind of take a back seat since Sir Alex Ferguson retired. The Mourinho stuff drives me crazy. I think he's a very talented manager. Obviously, um, his track record and success speaks for itself at Chelsea and, and Milan and um, Real Madrid, but it just hasn't worked at United for whatever reason. Um, you know, the, the players of today tend to be guys that, that need more nurturing, I think, and he's more abrasive to those types of things. For instance, you know, Paul Pogba coming back from a, a great World Cup where he helped sure, France. Sure, player of the tournament. 
Yeah, and Mourinho was asked about it right before the season starts, and he said, you know, it's easier to do that because they play less games in the World Cup. And, you know, it's just like, why not promote your players and, and make them feel good about themselves and, and things like that? So, yeah, it's been really difficult to watch the start of this season. I believe they're, you know, eighth or ninth in the standings. Um, like you said, a, a not a great performance in the Champions League the other day, though it was against a good team. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm very disheartened. I've told a buddy of mine who I text throughout all the games that, you know, about six or seven times this year that I'm going to stop watching them. And then each Saturday I find myself watching <laughs> You're them a masochist. Again. That's what we do, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So fortunately football's going on and that's yeah. definitely busy. Like last week we were on our way to Penn state. So I didn't really get to watch the, uh, the three, one loss to, to West Ham, but I did, uh, I did follow along and it was still disappointing. <laughs> Pat Murphy from Bucknuts.com, 24-7 Sports. Go follow him on Twitter at underscore Pat underscore Murphy. All, got great stuff with the crew, the Buckeyes. He's got you covered there. All right, so let's get to these Buckeyes because that's what the people came here to listen to, not us ramble on about the Lakers and Man U, even though we could talk about that for two straight hours. So let, I want to get your take on just the quarterback and Dwayne Haskins. He's been spectacular through a handful of games so far, Pat. Just how impressed have you been? Because I'm sure you were, you've been around the, that building all offseason. Now you've seen him play a nice hand, portion of games here. Just how impressed have you been with the young quarterback for the Buckeyes? Very impressed. I think everyone had a high opinion of him coming into the year based on what you saw in, in bits last year. Obviously, the Michigan game, that second half played a big part in that. Um, and then just the way people have talked about him. I mean, even Urban Meyer going back to you know his signing day, gushing about his arm and the best he's seen at anybody uh, or at that level for anybody you know in his career and whatnot. So expectations were high for Dwayne Haskins, and I think he's, you know, we taken taken it even to the next step obviously very much in the Heisman conversation I think it helps a lot that he has these weapons around him and, and that was one of the questions we talked to some of the receivers last night and I asked Austin Mack why did this receiving group take such a leap this year you know it's the same group of guys we saw last season um, all guys that had played the year prior maybe not as much and you know he talked about just a year more maturity and whatnot but I think a big part of that is Dwayne Haskins and I don't want to bash JT Barrett at all but, you know, Haskins has just given this offense a very different look. We've talked about it uh, with Urban Meyer about how, you know, they're throwing for 300 yards a game and they're not running the quarterback, which is different for him. He hasn't had that much, even going back to, to Florida when he had Chris Leak. They had Tim Tebow there that second year and were able to, you know, use him as kind of that change of pace guy. They haven't needed to do that. I mean, we've seen Tate Martell some, but Dwayne Haskins has just been that good. Now, I do think we saw him look a little more human against Penn State in that first half. Um, the Nittany Lions had film on him. They saw him play against TCU in a big game and used that to kind of create a, uh, a profile for how to attack him defensively. But the Buckeyes came out in the second half. They adjusted the way that they were playing offensively, went to more screen games, more quick passes, and Dwayne Haskins obviously was able to, to have a pretty good day, still 270 yards and three touchdowns. So, it wasn't the absolute dominating performance, completing 75% of his passes that we saw in some of the games, but when you go on the road to Penn State and you come out with a win and you throw for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns, I think they're still doing pretty well. Pat, when you look at the other side of the ball and the silver bullets, uh, we know that uh, Nick Bosa being out, he was uh, spotted at the Woody Hayes uh, facility just this past week. Uh, he wasn't really doing anything, uh, but that video emerges of him uh, kind of doing the uh, doing the ladder. He shows up back in Columbus. But, you know, the Chase Young thing to me, I, I think everybody who lives and breathes Ohio State football saw that coming from a mile away, that that guy is, is – um, 
just as special as Nick Bosa, I think, when he is on his highest caliber of game. Uh, but you had this thing come out uh, this this past week. It was either yesterday or a couple days ago uh, where defensive line coach Larry Johnson sat down uh, with the Big Ten Network, did the thing with the journey, and said he's happy here. Uh, he, he's going to stay here for a while. He's not going anywhere. Can you illustrate how much Larry Johnson means to that defensive staff? Because to me, he's one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. You've got a guy like Zach Harrison, who's the number one recruit uh, in the state of Ohio, still thinking about Ohio State, obviously, and whether or not he's going to commit there. Um, and so can you just illustrate what Larry Johnson means to this entire defense? He's, he's a very large chunk of it. I think you look back at his time here, you could argue that the cornerbacks, because of the you know first round draft picks and whatnot, have been uh, you know one of the top defensive positions. But the defensive line has just consistently been very good. And obviously, you have a guy like Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, but you've also had guys like Sam Hubbard, who you know they weren't even sure when he came here what position he was going to play, develop into uh, you know third round draft pick, I believe, and and now he's he's doing great things with the Bengals to start his rookie year. Um, you know, Jalen Holmes, Taekwon Lewis. These weren't guys that were necessarily five-star recruits that you knew were going to come in and just be stars. And not only that, but he's gotten these guys to buy into this rotational system. You know, Jalen Holmes hardly started a game at Ohio State and was an NFL draft pick. That's what you need. You need that development. You need these guys to buy in. They know what Larry Johnson is about because of his time at Penn State and the success he had there. And, you know, they want to come and play for a guy like that. And this year... Uh, at least the defensive line has been what's carried the defense, the, the struggles at linebacker, at safety, um, you know, maybe not having that clear first-round cornerback quite yet. It, it hasn't been perfect, and the defensive line has been able to kind of handle things. There have been the big plays that they've given up, but you look back at the TCU game and Draymond Jones making the interception and, the you know, the fumble recovery in the end zone the first half. Um, you look back at the Penn State game and the, the stops that they got – and then obviously the the game ceiling tackle by Chase Young, but that was a solid defensive line effort. Um, you know, I happened to notice Larry Johnson on the sideline towards the end of that game, and he looks as juiced up as as he ever has. So I don't think that, that there's any concern. Obviously, he made that point on the Big Ten Network, but you know, he seems to be having just as much fun as he ever has coaching these guys. Obviously, they're they're looking, as you said, with with Zach Harrison, some other guys to bring in more talent, and that's just more that he gets to work with. So. I think this D-line is in probably the best hands that it could be in the country and looks like it'll be that way for a while longer. Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts and 24-7 Sports joining us here on the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. And I want to point out Benjamin Victor. Obviously, he had the amazing catch uh, against Penn State, taking that to the house. That was absolutely incredible. But we were talking earlier in the week, Pat, about me, me especially, how I think there's just so much more left in the tank with Benjamin Victor. And you just look at the frame, you look at the athleticism, it's all there from an intangible standpoint for Benjamin Victor. Do you agree with that? And do you think this is a guy that they should explore, maybe getting the ball, maybe more targets to him late in game, especially in the red zone? Because I really think, especially with Haskins back there, he can become a valuable asset down in the red zone for the Buckeyes when things maybe get tight and the run game's not working. I think you have to, because when they recruited him, they expected a guy who was going to come in and make plays. Maybe not exactly like the one we saw on Saturday. That was possibly a once in career type play, but uh, you know, plays like that where you know, he is able to go up over defenders and, and make the catch and not just in the corner of the end zone, but you know, in the middle of the field like that, he's got the athleticism to not only catch the ball, but then make a play downfield. Um, I think that 
between him and Austin Mack, they've still really been trying to find a consistent guy at that X receiver position or a consistent two guys, and neither of them have, have really lived up to that. Now, Benjamin Victor does have 10 touchdowns so they've used in his career, so they've used him in the red zone before to some success, but I agree completely. I think that this is, this is a guy who was highly recruited. They were very excited about getting, and it just hasn't happened yet. And maybe Saturday night will, cha- will have changed that. We'll see going forward. I think the biggest thing for him was really buying into to the other things that they require receivers to do here. Um, and I'm talking specifically about blocking and you know being a, a factor when the ball's not in your hands. He wasn't doing that a ton these past couple of years. This year he's been very good at it. Um, you know, I've noticed a handful of times, even when the ball's not necessarily coming to his side, him getting downfield and blocking. And, and that's what's going to get you more looks, get you more of the catches, those type of things in, in Urban Meyer's offense. So I think that that's a big thing. I also think working with a guy like Brian Hartline, obviously Brian Hartline was with the program last year, but has stepped into a bigger role this season. And he's a guy who's done it, has been able to show a lot of these receivers, you know, what it takes from a guy who has experienced, you know, not only at Ohio State, but in the NFL. He can, you know, step out on the field and show them how to run the routes. He can go up and make the catches. He's not maybe as athletic as he used to be, um, but he's still done it. He's young enough that he's able to, to kind of act things out for these players, and I think that's had a big impact, not only on Benjamin Victor, but on all these receivers, and we're seeing that kind of play out uh, week to week these days. Going off the uh, Ben Victor, what you just talked about there, what does Terry McLaurin mean for this locker room? Because this is a guy who's got, you know, nine catches on the year. He's got four touchdowns, so obviously he's getting it done. But you look back at the Penn State game, no receptions for Terry. But he may have had the most key play in the game, other than the Ben Victor touchdown, when he knocks three Nittany Lions uh, down on the ground. K.J. Hill skirts by him, gets in for a touchdown. What does a guy, having a guy like that, who necessarily knows that he's he may not be the top targeted guy as a talented wide receiver group, but a guy who is in and out every single play. He gives 100% effort. Uh, he dials everything up when it comes to blocking. What does it mean to have a guy like that just in that locker room teaching these young guys as well? It's imperative, um, and I think you saw that message being sent with – uh, Terry McLaurin being named the offensive player of the game for this game. Like you said, no catches, but had big blocks um, and is just a great locker room guy. You know, Terry's a guy that I've liked since his early days at Ohio State just because he was going to tell it to you like it was, whether it's us. From what I've heard, that's that's just the way he is in the locker room. Um, you know, he's he's not going to sugarcoat things to guys, but, you know, he's he's also a good dude, and I think that has – garnered respect from not only the rest of the receiver room, but the rest of the offense and and the rest of the locker room. Um, You know, he's become without being a a big playmaker, one of the, one of the faces for the teams, you know, you look at uh, Penn state, you look at TCU. I don't know if you saw videos of, of the team coming over to sing Carmen, Ohio with the fans, but Terry McClellan, Johnny Dixon, Paris Campbell, those guys are the first ones over dancing with the, in front of the fans getting everybody, you know, set up to sing Carmen, Ohio. And, you know, it's just stuff like that. When you see the team together, especially in a road atmosphere, those are the guys that are leading and Terry's right in the front of that, you know, giving pregame speeches and whatnot at times. So Terry's very important. You know, I think that guys are going to be evaluated by fans based on statistics and whatnot, but you have to have that type of guy, that unselfish guy, that leader um, that, you know, kind of makes things go in order to, to help those other guys 
you know, come along and, and eventually, you know, put up those stats that, that maybe get noticed a little bit more. Pat, that's been awesome for half. Thanks for coming on, man. It's uh, that's awesome stuff. Uh, we will direct people to your Twitter account again, underscore Pat underscore Murphy, Ohio State beat writer for Bug Nuts and twenty four seven Sports. Pat, thanks so much for hopping on with us today, man. Absolutely, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, see you, man. Thanks, Pat. Hopefully, that's- Manchester United gets better for pa- both Pat and I. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with you, man. It's we'll brutal. See. All right, we'll see you, Pat. Have a good one, man. Sounds good. RC, that's Pat Murphy, Bucknuts.com and 24-7 Sports. Go check him out. Before we take a quick break here and come back, I want to let you know about our folks from Vivid Seats. Beam, you know, look, I'm all into this season. I got to find a way to get to these Lakers games, and there's no other person or company that I'm going to use than Vivid Seats. Beam, you have to check these people out. They're the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice to make things even better. Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20, $20 off orders of 200 or more to save even more money. So go check out Vivid Seats. If you got any concerts, anything that you want to go to live and in the flesh, Vivid Seats is the place to go. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about what Hunter Renfro had to say about this whole transferring situation and how it's directly affecting him down there at Clemson. This is Locked On Buckeyes. Your team every day. So Hunter Renfro, you may remember him from the infamous national championship game the pass he threw a couple years ago for the sure. touchdown. I mean, this is a guy. Good player, Hunter Renfro. Really good player. Yeah. You know, he caught the touchdown pass from, I believe, Deshaun Watson. Sure. He's made big plays for Clemson over the last couple of years, and he's a veteran on that team now. And he is in the midst of this whole Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant quarterback fiasco uh, down there. And he came out with the quote being that now week four every year is going to be the trade deadline and everyone is going to make decisions. I don't like that part of it. When you commit to a school, when you commit to a team, that's your team, right? Now, I understand what he's saying, and I agree with that quote if it wasn't directly, not directly, but if it wasn't reacting to what's happening down there at Clemson with Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant's a senior. This is his last chance to do things. So I have no issue at all with one kid realizing this is my last crack at a beam. This is my last chance to potentially get to the NFL. And if I would have played a single snap in that game, last week sure then it's done he wouldn't have this opportunity so I have no issue with what Kelly Bryant did now with Hunter Renfro I think he's a little bit upset about this being because it's directly affecting him now Dabo's come out and said that Hunter Renfro is going to have to take some quarterback reps in practice and I'm sure he's not too happy about that because he wants to establish what he does every single day as a receiver so I understand what he's saying, Bean, but I think in this particular instance with Kelly Bryant, I have no issue with what Kelly Bryant did because it's his last crack at it in college football. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I I like the fact that Hunter Renfro is able to say uh, what he wants to say, and he has the freedom to do that. You know, I think that's awesome. Uh, you come out with your opinion and everything, but I'm with you. I, I don't agree with Hunter Renfro because, listen, man, you, you have to understand and put yourself – in Kelly Bryant's shoes down there uh, at Clemson. The fact that this is a guy who is a two-year starter for you. Uh, I know that you know the freshman comes in. Uh, he does fine. He does everything well. Sure. He wins the starting job. Listen, I understand. You're probably upset, and there's no way uh, that Kelly Bryant is going to be happy with the decision that he made. Uh, it, not that he's not going to be happy with it. I just think that it would be a very, very tough decision, and I don't think that's something that you know we just throw away, uh, and it was easy for him. This is a guy who's grinded out uh, off-season camps. He's grinded out fall camps, yeah. winter workouts, right. everything, man. This is a guy 
guy who's put his blood, sweat, and tears into this program yep. just to be told during week four that he's not getting the starting job. Yeah. All right, man, you got to you know you're going to sit the bench. We'd love to have you as a backup, uh, but I understand exactly what Kelly Bryant's doing. But as as far as Hunter Renfro is concerned, it's like, hey, man, you know I, I love the fact that you're saying this. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you know you you put so much time and effort into one thing. And that one thing didn't work out. And we talk about it all the time in business, whatever you want to do. NBA free agency, this always happens. It's like, well, would you take a $102 million job and get to move cities? It's like, listen, Kelly Bryant's doing what he needs to do to get himself to the next level. And I'm sure achieving a goal of his is getting to the NFL. He's not going to accomplish that this season at Clemson because they're going to look at him and say, well, he got beat out by this freshman kid, so how good could he actually be? He's going to sit out, going to sit out the rest of the season. He's going to come back next year and try to play somewhere else. Like I said, I like the fact that Hunter Renfro is saying these things. I just don't agree with it. And I I like everything you said there, Beeman. I think what's interesting here is if we want to bring it back to Ohio State, let's take it back to a year ago when you had JT and both Dwayne Hassett. What I think that the interesting dynamic is, is the locker room in this. Because look, it it may be all peaches and cream on the field with Trevor Lawrence, but you know how this goes. The people that came in with Kelly Bryant... That's their guy. They're upset a little those bit. Those juniors, sure. those redshirt sophomores, those seniors, that's their guy is Kelly Bryant. And I'm sure they're a little bit salty about that. So I'm just interested to see how that works. Now, you talk about what the ACC has been looking like, Beam. It is an absolute crap fest. What's happening oh, yeah. in the ACC? So the blank show. From a football, from a football standpoint, I don't know if they're going to have a real ton of pushback from any opponent that they face moving forward. It has come out that Trevor Lawrence is expected to play against Wake Forest uh, this week, so that's all good. But, Beam, just looking at their schedule, I don't know if there's any team. Let there's me, not. Let there's me not. Roll, let me roll this off you for you. You're it. talking about eight Wake for- at Wake Forest this week. They get number 23 uh, NC State at Florida State, Louisville, at Boston College, Duke, and at home against South Carolina. Now, some of those teams early in the year we thought could be really good teams that were balling out. But now you just look at the way that they have this defensive line. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's the real deal. I don't see any type of stumbling at all from Clemson unless they really just come out and shoot themselves in the foot. So this whole dark cloud that's hanging over Clemson right now, I think there's sunnier days ahead. But what Hunter Renfro is talking about – I think it's just personally affecting him. That's why he's so upset about it. If this was another school, I don't think he would give a damn about it at all. No, but and the fact I don't that either. it's at Clemson, it's a big deal for him. I think that, you know, what you said about sunnier days ahead, I, I don't even know about that this year because if you look, all right, let's look at a crazy scenario, and this has never happened before in the college football playoff race in the college football season. But, Maddie, you got a team in Alabama who looks like an absolute wrecking ball. you got a team in Ohio State who just went on the road uh, and beat a tough Penn State team. You have a team in Oklahoma who looks pretty good with Kyler Murray at the helm. Yeah. And then you have the wild card, which we haven't seen before in this college football playoff scenario, and that team happens to be Notre Dame, yes. who just got past Stanford and blitzed them with Ian Book being their guy at quarterback. And so when you look at everything involved, if there happens to be five undefeated teams – who go through this thing, Notre Dame goes 12-0 and because after this week, after they play Virginia Tech, I, I don't think they win this their week. Schedule, no, you think they lose? No, I, I think they lose. I'll give you lose? one of my early picks today. I think what they got embarrassed, Virginia Tech against ODU, against Old Dominion, sure. right? They got over that. They beat a ranked opponent in Duke. I'm not still not believing in what Notre Dame is. I understand that Book's coming and he's made them a much better team, 
But I think that that crowd is real down there in Blacksburg, yeah. and I think that defense is fairly real. So they've got over the emotion of losing their quarterback. I'm not ready to hop on the Notre Dame bandwagon just yet. You I go just, into Blacksburg and win, then I'll give you some love. Yeah, and I just think if we're playing hypotheticals here, you look at five teams, if they go undefeated and don't lose any games. That's a fair point, for sure. Then I think Clemson is going to be the odd man out because of the way they looked against Syracuse, the way that they barely got past Texas A&M. I realize Jimbo's kind of got that thing yep. humming down there. Uh, Alabama got past them with no problem. And so I think if you have five undefeated teams that go into this this thing with the ACC being the way it is and having a freshman quarterback and this Kelly Bryant stuff and having close games, I just I don't know where they fit into that puzzle. So it's going to be extremely fascinating. Like we said, we haven't seen this before. I don't think there's going to be five undefeated college right, football right, teams right. at the end but of the season. But it's on the table. But it's a possibility. It is definitely on the table, and I'm, glad, I'm so glad that you brought up Notre Dame because I really think people should start to take more notice of what Notre Dame is doing. You talk about Advotech this week. I yep. think that'll be an L for them. Pittsburgh Navy at Northwestern, home against Florida State home against Syracuse and then at USC who's rolling out JT Daniels and they look like they're a little step behind. So that is very interesting. I just think with Hunter Renfro, take it easy a little bit. You've got a chance to really put together a nice season with your team as far as the scheduling goes. There's not going to be a lot of pushback. Uh, We've got to take a quick break here and after that we'll talk about some Heisman odds and we're at some national championship odds for the Buckeyes right now. But before we do that, let's uh, talk a little bit about Vivid Seats, Beam. Yeah, Maddie, go to the App Store or on Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. As a new customer of Vivid Seats, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, and like I said, enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make sure you go to their website and check them out. You are Locked On Buckeyes. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, so we got a couple more minutes here today on a Thursday before we do our Friday show. Obviously, we'll be back tomorrow, do game picks and all that stuff, talk Buckeyes in Indiana. But I thought this was interesting as far as the Heisman Heisman goes because we've been paying attention to this because it's a real thing sure. with Haskins. Now, after this weekend— First time in a while you've had an Ohio State Buckeye in the conversation. In the real conversation yeah. right now. I think it's a legitimate thing. But Haskins is no lo- has no longer the second-best odds to take for the hardwood. It's now Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray— who jumped him uh, from eight to one last week to seven to two this week, and both those guys are still behind two at ten to eleven odds. So Dwayne Haskins is still in the hunt right now, Beeman. I think after Penn State, they did look a little sluggish in the first half. I'm not too worried about this because he's got a nice chunk of the schedule now to where I think he's going to be able to put up really good numbers. I think let's get another month into the season. We'll be talking about Dwayne possibly being the leader because of the way the schedule is taking shape right now. Yeah, just look at their schedule for the next few weeks. I mean, you go into a raucous environment, that's going to be a tough game to win. Uh, on, on any level for any team. And the fact that he went in there and had uh, you know 270 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and only one interceptions that bounced right off Rashad Berry's hands, you know, that's huge. But now uh, looking down the pipeline, you have Indiana this week, you have home game against Minnesota the week after, and then the week after that you go to Purdue, you go to Ross-Aid uh, and take on the Boilermakers, then you get a bye. So let's reconvene after four weeks and see, because I think Dwayne's going to put put up just buku numbers uh, these next couple of weeks. Two out of the three games are home games. Uh, a team in Indiana who struggled against Rutgers last week Uh, and then you get Minnesota who just got uh, dragged through the mud against Maryland a couple of weeks ago so yeah it just I I I think that you know we're such an overreaction society Maddie that we look at Dwayne Haskins stats and be like well if he's that good then why didn't he go for 500 (laughs) yards and six touchdowns like he normally did it's like that's a crazy environment he'll be just fine and so I think that like we said I think we need to reconvene on this 
after the Indiana game. I think we need to reconvene on it after the Minnesota game and yeah. after Purdue and heading into that bye week against Sparty. I think that's fair, and I, I don't want to overreact to anything because this guy has been an absolute stud, Baller. and I think we'll talk a month from now, and this guy will be right in the thick of things, as will Ohio State in the national championship conversation. All right, it's a wrap for Wednesday, excuse me, Thursday, October I don't 4th. even know what day it is. I don't know. Man, I tell you, my mind is just all over the place during football These season. These weeks just fly, They fly man. by. It's crazy. I don't know if it's week four or five in college football. Week, I, I don't know. With the NFL, what week Who is knows? it? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. What I know is I'll be locked in on my couch all weekend long watching football. And you should be locked on Buckeyes with us Monday through Friday. Matt Hayes, Brandon Beep from the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow.